case we're gonna be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week made in theragun shopify and squarespace squarespace they're bringing the show to you dlc of course the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. They're spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who's ready for the season, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. It's the 4th of July season. Wait, you're still You're still off, man. I know it's like 90 degrees where you are, but... Actually, actually, it got a little cold. I want to point out to our listeners, too, that that heart-pumping, pulse-pounding intro you just got from Mr. Jeff Kanata. if you were listening to this on the RSS, we were recording earlier than usual. Um, I was up all night with our puppy having diarrhea, and I feel and sound like this. Jeff, however, it doesn't matter what time you record. He is always on, always ready to go. You would think that this is prime time, but no, this is in the morning, and Jeff still brings that energy. I'm over here sucking coffee out of a little kid's straw, and Jeff's like, are you ready? And it's incredible. Thank you. Got to do it. Got to bring it. Once I hear that theme song, you know, I just get ready for an Elon Musk presentation or this show, one (laughs) or the other, at some point. Or a five-hour energy, which I could use, or this show. Uh, either one either one will get me through the day. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, the reason that we are up a little early is to accommodate the fact that we have a, an awesome guest on the show from around the other edge of the globe, across the seas. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week, oh, I am excited because DLC stands for Distinguished London Chap. Because we have one of our favorite English gentlemen, formerly from Entail, now working on podcasts at The New Scientist, Will Harris is back with us. Hey, Will. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Christian. I have been waiting to hear what my DLC was going to be all day. I woke up this morning. I was like, what is he going to come up with? That's 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 made my day. It's great to be here, guys. Obviously, uh, an avid listener. The only thing, the only downside about um, recording with you guys today is that I don't get to listen to this on my on my commute to the office tomorrow morning. So thanks very much for accommodating me and for having me on. Well, no, now you get to listen and and you can like mouth along to the lyrics, right? Because you'll know them all. <laughs> I do that anyway. <laughs> it's like, DLC. Yeah, I can do that intro, I think, off my head. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you. Uh, it's it's an awesome time to be playing video games. You know, I, I, I love this time of year. All the big hitters are coming out. There's like games all over the place, big and small. There's... You know, 
maybe a little extra time. You're, you're hanging out at home a little more. Maybe you, you get some days off from the holidays coming up. You're excited to dive into games. I love this time of year. So it's a great time to talk about video games. And let's jump in and start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by hanging out in one of our communities. We have a an awesome community both on Discord at 5x5DLC on Discord and in our subreddit, 5x5DLC.reddit.com. All right. Will, you are a guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? So, Jeff, I am torn between representing the UK and, and digging into the story <laughs> of uh, NVIDIA's bid to take over UK chip powerhouse arm, which has been rejected. We yes. will stay here and independent. But I think I would be doing the listeners of the show a disservice if we didn't lead off with the story that proves that your spicy predictions just cannot be wrong this year. Yeah, It baby. has to be... PlayStation Plow, because that's its name. That name again, PlayStation Plow. It's happening, everybody. <laughs> it's right happening. In, right in before, just a couple weeks before the reckoning of the predictions are happening. Holy smokes, the Canasticator strikes again. Jeff was right, and it really pisses Christian off that Jeff was right, and it really pisses Christian off that Jeff was right, and it. Jeff was right. Jeff was right. So good. It's Listen good to that story. very wise person's words, so, Christian. I don't know who is saying that, but it sounds a lot like you. So uh, I, I hope, well, <clears throat> we can dive into the details of what this uh, PS Plow is rumored to be. But at this point, my friend, I don't, you might get half a minuscule of a point for props for like putting it out there as a cool ranch. Uh but Sony hasn't announced this. This is still, this is just Bloomberg making their own Cool Ranch prediction based on sources. This is still, it's true. It's true. It's still rumored. It hasn't happened yet. It's rumored for like, so March this is like, this, this, is, this is barely a dip for the Cool Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting a little, just a little dip. It's a taste. You know, it's like rubbing it on your gums, you know, getting a little Cool Ranch on your, uh, off your teeth. Um, but so are you, we can are talk you, about the you, merits of the story. It's yeah, good. we should definitely talk about the merits of the story. But before we do, do you, so are you are you officially predicting that this is just a rumor that will never come to, to the light of day? Uh, I think I think it will come to the light of day. Just like I said when you predicted it, it makes a lot of sense. But as the actual story talks about uh, the, what's rumored right now, I still don't think is a Game Pass competitor because it doesn't include day one. Uh, games. Well, so according <laughs> to this report from Bloomberg, sources familiar with the project, codename Spartacus, codename Spartacus, and we all know that in Spartacus, <laughs> they ride on chariots, and a chariot with something in front of it is just a plow. It's confirmed! <laughs> codename Spartacus, yeah. soon to be known as P PlayStation Plow, 
This just uh, means that Bloomberg listens to our podcast about a year late, and they're like, that's a good idea. <laughs> Write a story about that, which, what that Jeff guy said. No, <laughs> documents, documents shown to Bloomberg. Bloomberg yes, has seen the documents. documents. Christian, it's you can't documents. You cannot refute documents. <laughs> uh, sources familiar with the, with the project state the service would charge a monthly fee for access to both classic and modern titles. It's slated to launch in the spring, and it will what? Combine PlayStation <laughs> Plus and PlayStation Now into one service. Check and mate. When it happens, if it happens. But no day one games. It yeah. makes, I mean, one, and sorry to just jump in again, but the fact that Xbox Live is still required for online games and PlayStation Plus is required for I mean that's still absurd you know and Xbox has gotten rid of needing live or gold whatever it is for most free to play games on Xbox but the, the idea of of paying for online and how we all kind of got used to it is ridiculous so if PlayStation makes PS Plus whatever they call it PS Plus better great but no day one games that's 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 Game Pass I'm excited right. for Halo that's what makes it special in Game Pass, I'm not. Yeah. Like, that's Game Pass. Yeah, I okay. mean, Game Pass is is great fun when you when you've got some retro stuff, but it is that day one stuff that really makes it worth having. And so, without that on on this new PlayStation competitor, it's it's it makes it more competitive. And I think the Bloomberg report says, you know, it's aimed to make it more competitive with Game Pass. But I don't know how you can really do that if you've not got those amazing day one titles. I think you guys are right. Uh, clearly, what makes what was Game that? Pass... Wait, what? No, no, no. What? What, Jeff? What? I think Who's you guys right? aren't as right as me, but are still in this particular point right. Um, no, it, it's clear that the reason that I'm a subscriber for Game Pass isn't back catalog. It's it's because it feels like a way to play the newest, latest, best. That that's the key. But I will say. I think that isn't out of the question. Just because they're not doing it right now, I do think it's smart to consolidate these two services into one. It's always weird and confusing to me why they have two services. Uh, according to the Bloomberg article, um, the numbers are that PlayStation Plus has 47.6 million subscribers. That's a lot. That's bonkers. People love People love multiplayer games on PlayStation. Right? Yeah, like, but like how many of those are just Call of Duty players? <laughs> probably, you know, probably a, a large margin. But the PlayStation now only has three point two million subscribers. That's as of March thirty first, twenty twenty. So you know, it, may, it could have more now. But it's a huge delta between yeah. Plus and now. And I think. Maybe you, you know, maybe you get more people using that the now service. Maybe they understand what's what's good about it. I, I think this is it's weird to have two services. Clearly, one's doing way better than the other. Other just combine them, um, get people into that ecosystem, and understand all the different ways they can use their PlayStation to play other games. I think this is smart, and I think that it doesn't close the door for new releases. I think they're going to be dragged kicking and screaming into day one releases but I, I i truly genuinely believe it's only a matter of time but i mean that's a really interesting question right which is 3.2 million people on playstation now 48 million ish on on playstation plus i mean do either of you guys have playstation now and no. do you actually use it for anything i did for whatever like six months and i 
was before I think the Uncharted collection was out. Like I used it for some stuff like that. And I also I just love cloud gaming. So I was in on that. But then I fell off for that exact reason was like, what was I using this for? Why do I renew this sub? But I think it's interesting about this also. And Will, I'm curious your take on on if this makes it more or less exciting is that it's still rumored that this is also tiered. It's not yeah, it's just not, one not ideal. <laughs> thing. It's like, oh, at one level, you basically have what is now PlayStation Now. Or, sorry, golly. Plus. plus. It's confusing yeah. when they're the same thing, but one little word different. Um, You have PlayStation Plus, and then like there's a second tier that gives you some games, and the highest tier that gives you, I think it was like PSP games. <laughs> um, And to be fair, Game Pass also has tiers, right? Ultimate is what is needed for... There's console, they then PC, just call it an expansion and then pass, huh, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> and add a few Sega games and call it a day. Yeah. But does does an expanded back catalog will if if they deliver that? Does that get you excited? Because there are still some PlayStation games that are, especially PS3 games. I, I guess they'd be emulated or streamed from the cloud. But there are old PlayStation games that are hard to play. I mean, it's Is that exciting. It's, no, I mean, it's wild to me that, like, the top tier that I'm playing, playing, you know, notionally paying extra for is going to get me PSP games and <laughs> PS1 games. Like, yeah. I don't know that anybody is sitting around going like, oh, man, give me some PSP games on my, like, 70-inch, like, OLED or my Super Wide or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's it's... I don't think anyone was asking for that. I mean, it's it's almost along the lines of like the you know Nintendo like give me some some really bad N sixty four games for like an extra huge chunk of money. It's just that doesn't scream like old games does not scream top tier to me. Top tier means new games, right? Yeah, right. Old, old games should be your your base case scenario. Um, and I so totally I think, agree you know, with that. I mean, whereas, I think- whereas Xbox does have, you know, Game Pass does have tiers. They're mostly tiers about playing cross-platform, right? They're not tiers within tiers within the actual single yeah, console PC experience. Only, yeah, PC only doesn't have all the games that console has. And if you want cloud access, you need to subscribe to Ultimate. But with within each, they're not, I don't even know if it's really tiers, within each lane all of the games are the same if you and yeah. i both have pc game pass it won't be like will do you want to play uh gears tactics oh i can't i have middle tier pc game pass oh um and i agree i think old ga- old games are what like we'd maybe get excited about on this show in a way like you get to revisit this classic and p- enthusiasts will get hyped up for their old forgotten love but i don't think you're gonna get someone excited by like oh i'm gonna be playing halo infinite the day it comes out on game pass cool i'm gonna be playing this long forgotten ps1 rpg via yeah it is a little backwards it, it seems a little odd i mean i i don't want to discount how fun it is to play old games it is and yeah. i know that there's six people listening that are like psp games is awesome well you guys you guys are nuts yeah christian Bring me back loco roco there's a lot there's a lot of great psp games i you know i still have my psp uh somewhere uh there's a lot of great psp games i'm not saying there aren't but i totally agree with will in the sense that that feels like the no-brainer we've got it it costs us very little to throw it in onto the pile for your money but the really if you want to pay more what you're going to get is the cool shiny new stuff um, so I, I, it just didn't seem to be, it, it incentivizes, I'm sure a very, very small niche of folks, but it, it seems backwards if, if you want to 
really make the top tier feel special to the widest group of people. I, I don't understand, but I, I also, I mean, maybe we'll get to our predictions in the prediction show, but I, I really don't think it's going to last long where this service doesn't have day one games. I think that is a, I think there are maybe some deals or agreements or structure in place that Sony is, is not willing to or unable to mess with yet. But I think very shortly, Game Pass is going to force the hand of all these companies um, if, if it continues to grow at the pace it's growing now. And I, I really think it's the future. And I really think it's inevitable that uh, these other companies are going to start to embrace that. It's, it's, it's the same way that the blockbusters of the world resisted Netflix and then sort of half-assed coming to Netflix model, you know, uh, Blockbuster launched that like, oh, you can rent a movie and then you get to see it streaming. And like they kind of just, as I said, kicking and screaming, moved to that place, but it was too late and too badly done and they went out of business. And I, I think in the same way, this is, we're going to see what happened in the movie industry, what happened to the home video market happen in video games. Maybe a slightly different, but I think it's going to happen. So I here's, think, uh, sorry, Christian, go, go ahead, Will. No, go ahead, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like one of the, I mean, one of the interesting things to think about structurally, to your point. I mean, Jeff, you're you're dead right about like PlayStation and Sony. You've got to get there eventually. Like one of the reasons that Microsoft has been able to make Game Pass as successful as it is is because of the just like insane spending spree they went on buying studios, so yeah. they didn't have to deal with those kind of third party rights <laughs> and right? existing agreements. It's like, oh, you got some agreements, you got some contracts. Here's a whole bunch of money to just forget about those things <laughs> and you know sony isn't in quite the same kind of like nobody cares about money situation that microsoft is in and so it makes you wonder like you know do they need to get a couple more studio acquisitions under their belt before a couple more insomniacs before they can um act, before they can structurally do something like um, like game pass and i think the thing that we are kind of like just to like hark all the way back to what you said at the beginning um guys is like it is still mad that we're paying like five bucks a month just to play online. Yeah. Like is what weird. is that in the modern world? It's right. There very... is, I just keep getting this PlayStation plus charge on my bill. And I'm like, why am I paying that? Oh yeah. Cause I wanted to play like one game of battlefront online or something. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It does seem to be uh, antiquated. The, this notion of, of having to do that. It's like, you know, 2000, five maybe not now i mean i think it was antiquated when it launched unfortunately and then yeah. we just got used to it they're like but well, we gave you some free games and we were like okay and then now it's just been i'm, I'm curious if what, what you two think about the subscription future like i love game pass you know we they, they give us zero money on this show my game pass i mean should I, granted, I, paid like, I paid like a dollar <laughs> for like 10 years of it i looked it up i think mine game pass ultimate expires Oh gosh, I had looked it up like last week. I think it's like April 2024. And like that was all for like that $1 promotion or whatever. But um, big fan of Game Pass. But if PlayStation, and and it really does become, you know, Jeff, as you talked about uh, streaming and Netflix, and now we have Disney Plus and Hulu and Netflix and all that stuff, is an all subscription gaming future good? Despite, I think that's where we're going with like 
uh, Halt and Catch Fire, a show I love, uh, someone pointed out, it's leaving Netflix, I think, this month. And that's a bummer because then it's, you know, do people go and seek out things that aren't on that service? Or is it just, oh, I want to see The Green Knight. Well, it's not on any of the things I subscribe to, therefore it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, like movies still kind of live theatrically. Well, games have kind of live theatrically do games have that same avenue or if they're not on one of these services how hard of a a road do they had have ahead of them to get attention yeah i think one of the benefits that game pass has right now is that it's the only one of these that's not really true i mean ubisoft has theirs ea has theirs there are multiples but it's it feels like um game pass has the benefit of being the one with the widest swath you know, the largest uh, yeah. conglomeration of, of disparate games. And I I think that is that is a huge benefit and one I hope continues. It, it will be dispiriting, I think, if it continues to be cut up into smaller and smaller chunks. Because you're seeing that with, with TV, where yeah. you need, you know, 14 subscriptions. And it's like, we're back to cable. It's like, we need somebody to bundle all those <laughs> together into one subscription again. It's this weird cyclical thing. Um, but you know, I'm not as keen to have the uh the publisher specific subscription I, i'm I, you know i'll i'll sign up for ubisoft connect for a month to try out the new far cry or whatever uh but it's not it doesn't feel like the essential subscription like a netflix or a game pass is game pass feels like an essential subscription to me um and i don't think a single publisher regardless of how large is going to have enough output to make a monthly subscription feel essential but if 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 it works like a you know a a, a uh, console or platform holders subscription like Microsoft is doing with a lot of different publishers and a lot of different sort of you know varied content is able to come out on such a consistent basis that's what's so exciting about Game Pass is every week there's something new there's something interesting something going on um so i'm hoping it doesn't splinter as much as the movie because because it's absolutely happening right somebody else somebody just told me about a, a, a new show and it's like oh it's on you know it's on the showtime streaming service like i don't get i don't get that one i don't like there's only so many i can get you know it's i i, I can't maybe what, what am i supposed paramount plus and you know, the peacock and the you know it's like there's just too many at this point Although there's really interesting i mean if you're thinking about it from that perspective there is a really interesting like aggregation play in that Xbox Game Pass is like, you can only play it on Xbox or PC, right? This notional PS Plow is going to be only on PlayStation. And so who's going to make the thing? You know, the joy of Netflix was that whatever device I have, whether I've got some terrible old Android phone or whether I've got like the latest spanking Apple TV, whatever it is, whatever it is, I can get my Netflix on it, right? I can get it on my flipping Nintendo DS or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, so there is an interesting opportunity for someone to do like, okay, here's a here's a game subscription service that goes across PlayStation and Xbox and PC I, and Nintendo, maybe. But you know, which studio is going to have the clout to put that together? I think yeah. Microsoft's trying. I don't know if they'll get it on the other consoles, but that's the that's the cloud, right? I guess it, you can watch. Yeah, Xbox on Xbox on iOS is is getting there, right? Yeah, and maybe on like just a browser on PlayStation, you know, like that's kind of the way in. And chat, Government Pants makes an interesting point and one that I kind of skirted but didn't mention. Um, I was playing Yakuza 0 on my Game Pass and my Game Pass ran out and I considered just buying the game because that's all I'm playing right now. 
as long as that's always an op- option, I think we're good. And I think that's super interesting because mm. like I can't buy Daredevil, the Netflix show Daredevil on Blu-ray. It was out for a little bit and now it's not. And then when those rights go away uh, back to Marvel or whatever, you know, does that still exist? So will we still be able to buy like, you know, right mm. now, Microsoft still is sending out retail boxes of Halo Infinite. Um, so you don't need Game Pass, but for streaming services, for movies and TV, like you can't go to your video store if you have one or go on to uh, iTunes and rent, um, I don't know, Red Notice right now. Like that's Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. Or Hawk- yeah, great. Great example. And I'm curious, yeah, if games will go that way also. I, It's interesting. We're at the precipice of, you know, what this subscription digital future will be for games. And I feel like there are a lot of unknowns still. Well, for the films, I think that is that is a, a difference now. But I, I, you know, TV TV shows historically, it's it's only a very small window of time when you were able to buy a TV show. You know, yeah. there was only a few years there where you could like buy the seats, the box set of West Wing or Seinfeld, the Twin or Peaks, like or X Files, like eighty D uh, VHS. Yeah. Do you remember that thing at Suncoast? It was like, oh man, I wanted that so badly. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I lived through, you got to be there at 8 p.m. on Tuesday or you'll never see it again uh, <laughs> through, go to Suncoast and buy the box set through, well, it's in a streaming service that it could be here and today, but maybe not tomorrow. So, you know, it's, I think all of that's very fluid, at least for TV shows. Um, but I think, I think, you know, also the, you know, if we look at what PlayStation is going to do, they're going to need, you know, they're talking about a library of classic games and, cla- you know, hefty batch of PS4 and PS5 games. Like, as you said, Jeff, the it's not just about library and it's just not not just about breadth. It's like every week there is something new on Game Pass that's like kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. And True. every week there's something to keep you coming back and make you feel like you're getting value for money. And I don't feel like Sony has enough. You know, they don't seem to quite have the same like indie kind of development vibes that microsoft has because of its relationship with with windows i guess mm, interesting just means you've got you know because steam is steam developed that you know that incredible kind of pipeline of, of indie stuff and early access stuff that kind of naturally finds its way over to game pass and you wonder if if that will happen on sony which might make it a little bit harder but you know i think we are definitely heading towards a a streaming and rental future when we come on when we come onto the playlist, man, I could have done with some sort of rental thing on um, on PlayStation Five because, <laughs> <laughs> man, I am spending too much on games that I'm not playing. So well, um, I'm all in favor. Well, I mean, back to what you were saying before, <laughs> we kind of got sidetracked from the the point I was going to make. But I, I think that a lot of what you're seeing, as far as um, Sony's reluctance to uh, have day one games on the service, I attribute to being the market leader like Mm. microsoft is in second place and has been in second place for over a generation now and that makes you hungry and willing to stick your neck out and like you say will spend lots of money but also you know do these little riskier plays maybe risky is the wrong word but bolder plays uh and I think that's going to force that that that's you know the the second place guy forcing the first place guy to to change it up and I think that's what's going to happen is that Sony is is like yeah we know we got 47.6 million subscribers on plus what, what you know what do we what do we need this other service for what do we need to bolster our numbers by having day one games on it and I think that that is it, it, it's a factor of being on top and going 
no, everybody wants to buy, you know, the next Horizon game, the next God of War game. They want to actually buy it for $60, $70. Why would we give up that money? And I think, you know, if you see them put the next God of War as a day one release on their subscription service, I think those numbers would skyrocket. I think 47.6 <laughs> million, you know, obviously also they'd be able to charge more than five bucks a month. Uh, and I think you would see that really work for them. And, and I think it's inevitable. I think it's going to happen. But to your second place point, right? It's like Microsoft essentially has Game Pass basically to try and, you know, sell more Xboxes. And PlayStation, you know, Sony doesn't need to sell more PlayStations because it hasn't got right. any more PlayStations to sell, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. why create it? Why spend money on what is effectively marketing when you've got nothing to, to sell at the yeah. end of the day? But- no, you're right. I, I on on uh, the day after uh, or the Thanksgiving weekend or whatever it was here in the states, um, I, I retweeted a, a stat that the Xbox Series S was the highest selling Black Friday console, so and I was like, "Oh, get. Halo and Forza, yeah." And everybody responded, uh, including Alana Pierce, which is like, "Jeff, come on, this is the only one people can find." And I was like, "Well, that's probably part of it," but I don't think I don't di- completely discount the fact that people want to play Forza and Horizon. I mean, uh, and Halo, Forza and Halo. Um, but it, to Will's ahead. point also, though, I do think Microsoft is I'm not, I don't mean this in a negative way. I think they're looking to get out of the console business or have that not be like, I think they see xCloud as a bigger pillar. Sony was kind of a first mover in this space when they bought, was it Gaikai? I forget the streaming service. Yeah, that I think it was Gaikai. Yeah. All those years ago that became PlayStation now. Um, but Microsoft with xCloud now. Um, I, I do think is moving faster to this idea of we don't care where you play um, on our box, on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet. We just want your subscription money. Um, and, and now like to, to the point of, you know, a series S being the best selling. Yeah, you could, they're probably more readily available, but now through X cloud, if you have a good connection, they've unlocked um, X cloud through consoles so if you have an xbox one you can play xbox series exclusives via xcloud on your console so you can play you know uh medium and these other versions of these games on your generation old console and i really think microsoft is moving into that space of we don't care how you play where you play yeah. We just want your money. <laughs> well, that's what's so interesting is that as we've seen over the last five years, this push toward who's going to be the Netflix of video games, it's really become this two-pronged, two, there's two major factors in being the Netflix of video games. Is it just a subscription fee gets you a big block of content? Or is it you don't need to have the content locally, we stream it to you? Because both of those sides are what someone might call the Netflix of video games, but they're two very different things. And we're kind of seeing that bifurcated, right? We're not, we're not necessarily seeing those come uh, hand in hand necessarily, right? It doesn't have to be both sides of those to be one of those. Like you can be, you can have those independently and it looks like some, some services are choosing to just focus on one half of that. Like, you know, NVIDIA, NVIDIA is not really offering you a chance to buy, you know, spend one monthly fee and get a whole chunk of content, but they are offering the streaming idea. And and so it's interesting to me to see that in the video game space, those aren't coming together. It, it, it could very well be two different companies offering two different things. 
No. Yeah, I think Microsoft <laughs> is the closest to uh, to doing both. Um, right. Right. But of course, right. The, but, I mean, it's the the interactivity piece, right? It's like it's much easier to stream something when right. a few milliseconds buffering you don't really care about. Right. Um, much harder when you know. And I, I know Christian, you're a, you're a big cloud gamer guy. You know, I've tried it and found it in various cases i found you know mixed mixed results right and it's um it's i'll take mixed results when it's a few seconds buffering when i'm like on the on the subway or something to watch a, a disney plus movie um i won't take it when i'm in the middle of uh i mean realistically i'm not playing anything properly twitch multiplayer but like you know the principle is there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right what's well, fascinating and I don't want to get too far away from the fact that I was really right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's everybody circle back to Jeff. How right gets I was his points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, let's uh, take a quick second and thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Oh, my goodness. I love Squarespace. Uh, Squarespace is the reason I have JeffCanada.com and the reason it looks so great. Uh, I have, I mean, uh, for years, decade almost. Uh, probably more, more than a decade. I've been using Squarespace and uh, recommended to all my friends and family if there's any need for a website. It's really the way to do it. You don't have to pay somebody an uh, exorbitant fee to design your website. You don't have to learn HTML. You don't have to buy those big books at the store and you know <laughs> work your fingers to the bone. It's simple. The tools are there to make it easy and intuitive. You can do it. You can make it yourself. If you have any idea that you want to turn into a website, if you want to blog or publish content or showcase your work, if you want to sell products online, very, very simple to create a website with Squarespace. What you do is you start with their templates. These are professionally designed templates, beautiful. And then you can start moving it around, changing the color scheme, changing the format. It's so simple. It's all drag and drop. What you see is what you get. And then you make it your own and you, you start with this great template, but then you can make it unique and interesting and it doesn't look like every other site on the, on the web. And you can do all of that without even giving them a credit card. You start for free. They have a free trial. If you want to sell things, you just drag and drop the uh, e-commerce widget onto your site and all of a sudden you're able to sell things. They've got analytics. You can grow your website over time. They've got built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting. Everything works for mobile right out of the box. It, there's never anything to upgrade or patch. I mean, really, it's the easiest way to do it and the best way to do it, in my opinion. Plus, if you run into any problems, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support to get you through any kind of sticky point you run yourself into. So make it yourself. Go over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Get that free trial. Build your site. And then when you're ready to launch it, use our offer code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great place to buy domain names too. They have over 200 extensions to choose from, a really slick front-end UI that lets you uh, choose your, your domain and it gives you suggestions if your domain's not available. It's so great. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. And the promo code Jeff sent me for 10% off. All right, Christian, what is your story of the week? Ooh, my story of the week uh, is not as, well, maybe not as industry changing as uh, Jeff being right 
um, potentially is. But uh, also big, big changes are happening at uh, DICE. Yeah. And the battle got the battlefield battlefront battlefront no battlefield man Battle, they're similarly named by the same uh company um uh, franchise battlefield battle <laughs> battlefield franchise being changed up as i'm i'm bad with um uh um dice names everything <laughs> oscar, thank you yes oscar gabrielson maybe hmm. um is uh exiting and uh vince zampella from respawn is uh taking over the battlefield franchise and there's talk of this connected battlefield universe which uh to me following up on that last part seems like ea trying to do another apex style thing right where apex Mm. is connected to titanfall and as we've seen success with um riot having success with expanding their properties into ruined king which you raved about last week and arcane on netflix i think ea's 400 other projects like the fighting game that it's like the league of legends cinematic universe you know yes and all kind of spinning out of these these other properties it seems like this is what ea is trying to do um again because i think they have it already with i guess it's the apex universe but also kind of the titanfall was first maybe it's the titanfall universe the respawn universe well this is what's Um, so depressing to me about this happening is that i want more titanfall i don't care about battlefield i want more titanfall and so the the news to circle back again is that uh dice had huge shakeup uh top people out after battlefield 2042 just came out and has seen its steam numbers drop uh precipitously after you know just a few weeks after we release and now Vince taking over um, Battlefield, and Vince has a track record, certainly, on uh, military shooters. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of bouncing, not bouncing, but originally at Medal of Honor, I think, right? And then left because EA was uh, stifling at the time and went to Activision and did Call of Duty, if I remember, and then left because Activision was stifling <laughs> and started to respawn and Titanfall, and then EA bought them, and now back on a military shooter. But, I mean, I think this is big. I I think it says a lot about what Battlefield 2042 is. Or isn't. Or isn't, yeah. And and where EA maybe sees the future of of that franchise. For sure. Uh, I mean, interestingly, the quote from GameSpot is, um, they were quote, developing a new Battlefield experience in the Battlefield 2042 universe. So I wonder how futuristic it's going to stay or if Zampella is going to make it, you know, it says Zampella's quote is, quote, we will continue to evolve and grow Battlefield 2042 and we'll explore new kinds of experiences and business models along the way we can add to that foundation and provide an awesome array of experiences for our players. Will, do you think, what do you make of this? Do you think that this is a very bad sign for the Battlefield franchise or a very promising one for its future? 
or both. Well, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's an acknowledgement that like Battlefield isn't the heavy hitter that it used to be. And so it is time for a shakeup. Like there was a period where, you know, the latest Battlefield thing was, was right up there along with the latest Call of Duty. And you were, you were straight onto it. And it just hasn't been that case for a long time. It feels like 2042 really didn't take off the way they wanted it to. And, you have to think about, you know, as we, you know, they, they also mentioned later on in that article, you know, we intend to build a battlefield universe with multiple projects that are interconnected, including our upcoming battlefield mobile. And you're just thinking, oh man, it's <laughs> going to be about battlefield mobile. It's about season passes, about the fortnightification of everything. <clears throat> and, you know, how, where, you know, it's difficult to see where they can really take battlefield that it hasn't already been i mean you see with 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 call of duty which is the sort of most comparable thing i can think of right where you end up with like you sort of start with world war ii and then you go into sort of like something vietnami and then you go into modern day and then you go into the future and then the next reboot takes you back to world war one and then you're back into you know korea and you're like battlefield feels like it's just doing the same cycle endlessly and I think they've got to look at, you know, the, the point about about Riot and, and the League of Legends franchise is, is spot on because it's like you feel like you there there's got to be someone somewhere is right now pitching the Battlefield TV series, right? Someone right now is <laughs> yeah, pitching right. Battlefield 2042 as a two and a half hour feature directed by, you know, Ridley Scott or something who do anything for a, for a paycheck these days. And it's just <laughs> like, you've, and, and then, you know, combine that with the mobile element of it it's it's um it definitely is is plans you know is plans for a shake-up and i think what's if i was going to say one thing that's really disappointing about all of this is some is connected news but but from a week or so ago which is that they which is the ea has has killed off any plans for battlefront three so no hopes of getting any like star wars crossovers in this new battlefield universe although maybe they're killing off battlefront front three in order to have a star wars mode in this battlefield interconnected universe i mean (laughs) yeah it's a (laughs) anything could happen we've got we've got you know the mandalorian in Fortnite. why can't we have luke skywalker in 2042 i was just gonna say yeah Fortnite is proving that your your petty ip boundaries mean nothing to us you know it's uh it's all here it's all here not even not even Fortnite can give spider-man a gun oh wait uh (laughs) i think this is uh i think this is really interesting uh i've never been a battlefield guy so i'll say that right up front if it's not immediately already obvious to everybody but one of the things I find so interesting is this calling out of uh, interconnected world, shared characters and narrative. Now, just said, I'm not a Battlefield guy, so maybe I'm wrong here. But I personally can't name a single character from Battlefield. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, even Call of Duty. All these people. Yeah. There's no, there's no character or narrative that I'm aware of that is sustained. You know, there's no, it's not culturally relevant to borrow a phrase from another of my podcasts. But um, I think the dungeon that is run a- for people who didn't know what podcast talking about. That's from a quote from the Dungeon Run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, I think the goal is laudable. I think it is. I think that is the secret sauce that Riot is tapping into. 
It's like, hey, we've got this stable of characters. Let's make people care about them. Because all of a sudden, I've watched six hours of Arcane, and I care about these characters. I want to know more about these characters. I'm looking up League of Legends characters online and going, which ones come from the game and which ones are new to the series? And I'm playing that Ruined King RPG, and I kind of care about these people. It's, it's, It's very smart on Riot's part to double down on making their characters permeate into the culture in different ways. And so you've got this rich tapestry of narrative experiences, which is what we as human beings need to care about things, right? I mean, I definitely play a lot of games purely for the mechanics of the the joy of playing the video game. But I think if you want a, a series that endures that can survive over multiple iterations across different kinds of games that's really what it needs it's what it, people to care about your universe and so maybe vince pella is the right guy to do that maybe you know maybe that really could work and make battlefield into something that i care about not just as hey you can play 60 people on one map it's no you are in this place that we know i mean as as much as people love Halo multiplayer because of its mechanical joys, I think the true reason people come back to Halo is because there's something about that world, the look of it, the feel of it, the the sense of place, the 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 connection they have with the enemy types and I've never been a person that champions the narrative of Halo, but I think the narrative transcends the story into a feeling of connection to the place and themes of Halo that I don't think Battlefield has ever been able to tap. Yeah, although I think, you know, what this is clearly playing into as well is, you know, the idea that people will care about the characters, that they will care about the worlds, and in particular, that they will make content for themselves with portals. So, I mean, there's a lot of emphasis on the fact that um, user-generated content and the ability of Portal to mash up different eras of Battlefield and do those kind of things is going to be something that's at the forefront of this. And I mean, it's fascinating to me that like 2042 launched without single player and just basically relied on on people using Portal to make their own experiences to, yeah. to enjoy in different ways. I mean, have, you, have either of you guys played around with Portal at all? Have you gone stuck into any of those things? I have not. I've played, but then it gets sucked in. It's not... It, it's confusing you didn't get again into the portal <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to get yourself. out with the portals yeah <laughs> um someone said portal no escape many years ago and it stuck with me um <laughs> i i think the hard part about portal for me and will you already mentioned the fortniteification of, of of games is that what's my xp what's what's my grind what's leveling me up what's unlocking new things and and dice had official playlists and and portal there's like the bad company mode game that was tied to some progression but then there were some really fun ones that players just made but that if i remember correctly because i haven't played it after the first week but that xp progression was different because otherwise you'd have things like people did in little big planet where it was like get the platinum <laughs> you know and you fall into a level and you, go, yeah. you know whatever um and I, that I was think a great illustration I, so, of that mechanic, by the way, for podcast listeners. What <laughs> 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 are you listeners? You're uh, missing a treat. It's it, it's I, I think it's hard to do um, with that. I, I also think what we're seeing, though, and, and EA and Battlefield is not alone here. The Fortniteification is hard to do. 
Like yeah. everybody points like, oh, they want to do the Fortnite. Well, one, Fortnite's, you know, the, had a lot of crunch issues. Uh, they were trying to get better about it, or Epic has said. But they also just bought an entire other studio to make more Fortnite content. Well, like, also, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, why don't we just, you know, those guys put that lightning right in that bottle there. Why don't we just put our <laughs> lightning in a, in a bottle? All we have to do is put our lightning and get it right here in this bottle and no problem. And then we got lightning in a bottle. You know, that's, yeah. that, that's kind of what it, it is. It too. really, it really feels like there's, um, I don't know if you guys follow, there's a great, um, comic that's very British over here called, called Modern Toss. And they have like, it's always a series of motivational posters that they post. And there's a great one I have in the wall in my office, which is a bunch of people all sat around a boardroom table. And it's just one guy putting his hand up going, I've got a great idea. Why don't we only do things that are going to work? <laughs> yeah. it kind of feels like so that's ea's approach at battlefront right now <laughs> I, I think we've all worked with that guy i definitely have worked with that guy <laughs> have we been that guy yeah mm. they do, yeah probably uh, yeah <laughs> oh i love though christian that you brought up bad company because i completely had forgotten about bad company but i think bad company is an example of how you can make the battlefront battlefield world interesting compelling i mean those games, I really enjoyed those games. Um, and I think that that, you know, that might not be the answer, but I think it's an example of how this universe can, can sustain something a little different, a little more narrative based and, and, and create experiences that I think are more than just mechanically compelling. And, and I think if anyone can bring that in, I think Vince is someone who can do it. I mean, yeah. the, I, I don't, I can't name a bunch of characters in Titanfall right now, but they had compelling characters and Apex is building out a compelling world yeah. um, based on these characters that were introduced in a um, battle Royale style game. And there were, I'm sure some call of duty fans were yelling in their cars at the characters that they do care about in those franchises. Those they have had connected characters across releases. They brought characters back. Oh, soaps back was like ghost is back. were like big things for people that were passionate about those games um, and so I think he has a track record for doing that. And I can also say, um, while saying I'm not going to be part of it, uh, but they've been hiring a lot of people for battlefield narrative work as yeah. someone who is aware of and always looking at writing and narrative jobs and games. There were a lot, a lot of posts and hiring for, for this. So it seems like it's a big, um, a big ramp up for them. And I'm excited to see where it goes, even if, I get more excited. I think all of us do get more excited for a, a little more fantasy combat. Like it's yeah. hard for me to be like invested in soldier 28. Right. Where it's like, I don't know who that is versus master chief or someone from league of legends. It's a wizard. Just Give me like more that. Titanfall, man. Come on. <laughs> That's what I want. Vince. Come on. More Titanfall. Yeah. Make Titanfall the premier franchise. That's what I would want. But I'm not making the decisions. Uh, all right, uh, my story of the week. You know, I, I guess I have to do this because Will is here and you mentioned it earlier. Let's talk about the FTC suing NVIDIA to block the ARM takeover. Now, I think, Will, you probably, uh, it sounds like you know more about this than I do, but it's, it's <laughs> I'm a not sure it's that, I'm not sure it's that much. I mean, this has been in the workings for, I mean, what feels like most of... 2021 in fact in fact 2020 was the nvidia arm deal um and nvidia obviously amazing chip card maker makes um incredible um arm based processors arm which is not a chip maker itself but designs processors for 
a lot of the biggest companies in the world, you know, Apple notably uses ARM-derived chips in all its iPhones, iPads, and the new generation of, of Macs. ARM chips have basically completely gazumped Intel in the, you know, in every space other than premium, very high-end desktop. And... You know, it's been one of the great British success stories um, in terms of in terms of technology coming out of here. And there was some question marks at the time. You know, do we want this kind of what's what's become quite a great British institution um, to be taken over by an American company? You know, a little bit of patriotic. Uh, should we just be selling out everything to, to the Yanks? <laughs> um, which is always a question. And now the FTC um, in America. You yanks yourselves are saying, actually, this might create, you know, a, a position for NVIDIA that makes them too dominant amongst everybody else in the world globally creating chips because suddenly NVIDIA can manufacture stuff and has the hold on the designs. Yeah. And that would be a big deal. I think what's um, the, the, you know, if you're NVIDIA, you're probably cheesed off that this is being held up, but you are absolutely cheesed off about the fact that this deal in 2020, because it was part cash and part stock, September 2020, it was a 40 billion deal, part cash, part stock. To get the deal closed today is going to cost NVIDIA 82 billion Oof. because of the cost of NVIDIA shares has gone up so much. Wow. And so in the year that they've been messing around, it's doubled the cost of doing this. They still think it's worth doing, which makes me think um, Arm was underselling themselves the first time. Yeah, no kidding, it, right? But as soon as the FTC gets involved in anything, you, you know, you're looking at a year before anybody even glances at making a decision on it, right? Even yeah. though Christian's saying not even a year, right? If, yeah, if the U.S. government is known for anything, it's uh, amazing efficiency. We should <laughs> thank we should you. It is efficiency. You should ask government pants done. in the in the chat. I think government pants probably knows. <laughs> <laughs> and I so, mean, um, how long was government pants waiting for their pants? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> They've been waiting in the chat the entire time just, just to leap in pants in their pants. Yeah. Um, but the the FTC um, director of, of competition, Ho- Holly Vadova, said um, the FTC is suing to block the largest semiconductor chip merger in history to prevent a chip conglomerate from stifling the innovation pipeline for next generation technologies, which depend on preserving today's competitive cutting edge chip markets, which I think wins the buzzword bingo quote of the day uh, <laughs> award for sort of most stuff jammed into one sentence that doesn't really mean that it's just completely redundant. But, yeah. you know, if the FTC is saying that it's going to put NVIDIA in too strong of a position, pretty hard to see how this deal closes, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess the I like this quote too. Uh, it uh, it gives Nvidia access to quote competitively sensitive information of ARM's licensees, some of whom are Nvidia's rivals, and that is likely to de- to decrease the incentive for ARM to pursue innovations that are perceived to conflict with Nvidia's business interests. So it seems like the FTC would rather they continued working at ARM's length. Oh yeah! Pew pew pew! Incredible! Boom. I was going to say when it, it cost them $82 billion, that it's going to cost them an arm and a leg. Ah, <laughs> very good. And I was going to say that this bit run has become an arms race. So oh. we need to <laughs> slow it down. I, anyway. I do think part of this deal is still felt like Apple, um, you know, they brought 
of their stuff in-house. A lot of their stuff, their, their silicon in-house. Intel is working on its own. If I remember correctly, like they would quote like their own ARM chip because ARM has almost become Kleenex in some way. Like it just means everything on a six processor. Yeah. Disposable yeah. after one use. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you do throw it in your trash when you yeah. when you upgrade. Um yeah. like you do Get all GPUs. Out my house, right? So beautiful. Um <laughs> man, that's such a good song. Um but and, and everybody's kind of in this arms race again to use the dumb pun again. Um, but I'm what fascinates me about this story is if Nvidia and Arm thought it would work because you mentioned Will when you teed it up initially in the EU, which I guess Arm isn't part of anymore. Is there UK based? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Our countries are so weird right now. Will both of our countries are. Very odd. Um, but I don't know. I don't follow Brexit stuff, so I'm not going to pretend that I know the details of it. But when this started, the European side of things was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do this. And then now the United States side of things is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do this. But ARM and NVIDIA are big, smart, sophisticated companies with teams of lawyers. Someone had to have looked at it and thought, we can do this. So I'm curious what was missed there you know well i I wonder if it's that they are um attempting to define competition in a different way which i (laughs) which i always love it's like when um netflix says we're not competing with other video streaming services we're competing with everything else that you do with your eyes in the world right (laughs) um so (laughs) i think you know and the ftc specifically cites the fact that um it would give nvidia an unfair advantage in emerging markets of (laughs) um, driver assistance systems for passenger cars um you know more cloud computing services so you could argue i'm sure if you're nvidia well look we're you know, we're not competing with Tesla. We're not. We're not going to. You know, kill the market for Teslas, or kill the market for Ford, or kill the market for you know insane forms of surveillance that we haven't even really invented or or know yet, and we haven't even scratched the surface of what cloud computing can do. So, if you think in the context of everything that's going to require a chip in the entire world then we won't have a market-dominant position. But, I mean, sure, if you think about just what we have today, maybe we might have a market-dominant position. But (laughs) let's think about what we're going to have in 10 years. You know, there's a whole different... Everything that could have a bit of... Are we going to be in everything that has a bit of silicon? Actually, the answer is possibly yes. But I think it's somebody at NVIDIA thought they could pull off the our competition is literally everything with a bit of silicon in it um, kind of argument that Netflix has done pretty successfully for a while. (laughs) Amazing. I love the idea of competing with everything that your eyes can do. <laughs> Netflix competes with me looking at my wife. It's yeah, true. It's no. like I can only do one. Our biggest competition is flowers. Look at how beautiful they are. They draw your eye. I guess now, since we do a video version of this podcast, Netflix is our competitor. Yeah, well, I got news for you. Netflix has always been our competitor because people are watching Netflix instead of listening to us. Uh, I'm watching Netflix right now, uh, by the way. It's good. That tracks. All right. (laughs) We got games to talk about. Enough news. But first, I need to tell you about our sponsor, Made in Cookware. Oh, my goodness. I love Made in Cookware. I love my Made in nonstick saucepan. I used it this morning to cook eggs. It's the only thing I will cook eggs in. It's the only thing I will cook anything in. 
Because once you start using professional quality, restaurant quality tools to cook, you can't go back. If you're serious about cooking, which I have become, much to my own surprise, I've become serious about cooking. I really enjoy it. I really love it. And the reason is because I'm using good tools. It, it, It increases the enjoyment of the experience. It makes it pleasurable to cook food when you're using good tools. And Maiden's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. And me. I'm not one of the best chefs. Uh, You know, I do okay. Maiden produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook like me. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. That's the important part. Maiden products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can even go from the stovetop into the oven, which is like total baller way to make an omelet. And their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have 28,000-plus five-star reviews. That's, that's a lot. And their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in is better cookware for better meals. Go to madeincookware.com slash DLC and use promo code DLC for 15% off your first order. That's made in cookware, M-A-D-E-I-N-C-O-O-K-W-A-R-E.com slash DLC and promo code DLC for 15% off. You got to try these. Will Harris, what is on your playlist this week? What have you been playing? So, I mean, a few bits and pieces. And I mean, it's it's really interesting. The one thing that, you know, you know the COVID pandemic has changed many things about life, as we all know. Um, but certainly one of the kind of weirdest ones for me is that the the whole kind of process of working from home, the constant news alerts, the TikTokification of my life, <laughs> all of it has combined to totally changed my gaming habits because it has obliterated my ability to concentrate for long periods of time um and so over the last you know few weeks months i have tried so many games that you guys have raved about on the podcast <laughs> every week it's done you know i have done returnal bounced off in an hour because it was too mm. sci-fi generic okay hitman Got no patience for sneaking around. I just want to kill <sighs> everything. Back for Blood, I just suck at because I suck at Twitch shooters. Deathloop was just like way too Bethesda of all out vibes. I'm like, I can't get with that. Ghost of Tsushima is like, that's going to be the next year of my life if I get into that. Ratchet and Clank is like what I want it on the Switch, not on my PlayStation. So I have probably spent like five, back to the rental point, right? I must have spent 500 bucks on PS5 games that I have put an hour each into Oof. at this point, which is tough. However, the one that you guys have raved about that has absolutely stuck with me is Forza Horizon 5. Yes. I mean, I know at this point there isn't too much that I can say that has already been said, um, hasn't already been said about Horizon 5. But listening to you guys talk about it, I finally caved. I finally caved and got the Series X. Um, I paid the eBay tax to get hold of one, the scalp tax. And man, it was worth it. I mean, I will just add a couple of things to all the the great words that you guys have already said about Horizon. 
I think one thing that we don't talk about enough with these next-gen consoles is the instant on and instant back in the game. Yes. Because it suddenly turns what used to be like a 10-minute process of getting into a game into a 30-second process. Yeah. And so for me, the ability to switch on the Xbox, be in a game, do a race, and be out again in 20 minutes and have a meaningful experience is is really wild and i think that instant resume and the same is true on the playstation it makes such a huge difference when you're trying to just like jump in and out of games rather than sitting and dedicating huge chunks of time i think on the same basis i have really enjoyed the kind of i don't know if there's a, a an official term for it but like the asynchronous onlineness of it yeah the fact that like, I don't really have time to play, you know, I'm not in the same time zone as you guys or a lot of my friends in the States. So playing like actual scheduled multiplayer sessions is pretty hard. But I love the fact that I can be um, driving around a track and I'll hit a new road and it'd be like, ah, oh, Patrick Beja just discovered this road. And you're like, ah, Patrick beat me to the road already. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Scott, you're yeah, totally. driving some sort of race and Scott just, ah, Scott Johnson, get out of the freaking way. It gives you a real feeling of like community in a way that I don't otherwise experience, which I find really, really valuable. And I think, and Christian, I kind of, we were talking about this on Twitter, is I really feel like Horizon nailed the kind of Spider-Man-ness, the thing that Insomniac really nailed with Spider-Man, where it's like, the traversal is the point. Like, getting, missions are great, and races are great, and the events are great, but just driving is such a pleasure. And getting between those things is really fun. And as a as a bit of a petrol head myself, there is something really fun about. But like I've got, I've had cars that are in that game, and buying your old cars and driving them round is absolutely wild. And it's like I don't care if it's not the best car for the class. I don't care if it's not the best spec. It's like that Focus RS drives like the front wheel drive piece of rubbish that I was when I had it. <laughs> I mean, it was like, like you're driving and you're like, oh man, yeah, I remember that talk steer. They really have nailed like the real worldness of it, despite the fantastical setting. And so I would say, you know, I know it's been talked about a lot, but Forza was the absolute, has been the absolute killer app for me over the past few weeks. Oh man, you bring up so many great points about it. And it, it's exactly how I've been experiencing the game too, which is in really short bursts. And yes, because the load times uh, on the new hardware is so quick, the quick resume, popping in and being able to say, yeah, I can actually only spend 15 to 20 minutes in this game and feel good about it. I don't have to carve out hours of my day to get a little get a little fix of of Horizon 5 it's it's a huge improvement and the fact that the load times even in not just loading the game initially but even in the context of loading into a race or loading into you know uh, changing a car all that stuff it happens so much quicker than it ever has before it's a massive quality of life improvement uh, on the new hardware that's on the not new hardware a, yes that's not a game improvement if you're playing it on uh, xbox one which the game is still beautiful your load times are still going to be a longer right right and my pc i mean i have it on a um ssd so it, it's 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 real lickety split which it's, it's is it is it, is it on is there some sort of uh super ultra support jeff on the oh uh, i would the... highly <laughs> recommend an ultra wide monitor if you have uh if you have the means my goodness I never, my I never goodness heard that. never heard you mention that Ooh, doggies it's uh you'll hear me mention a lot more in my on my playlist <laughs> um but um no the the uh uh 
the the other thing you mentioned about the asynchronous multiplayer and the the sense of community man it kind it, of feels it, like death stranding right when you would like build a bridge and somebody else would rate your bridge yeah <laughs> rate my it's like you get a real <laughs> like sense of achievement out of it it's incredible that feeling that you're constantly playing with other people even when you're not and i think that's an awesome awesome trick that they've pulled off uh it, it, i keep thinking about it christian it's funny i keep thinking about it in terms of like somebody needs to get into a room with the folks at peloton and be like play forza horizon and do everything that they do do it all put it all on make my exercise experience on peloton or whatever exercise company you want Make that exercise experience feel the same way. Make me constantly aware of what other people are doing and <laughs> get that sense of competition in me. Because Make me constantly annoyed that Christian can cycle faster than I can. <laughs> yes. Did you? Did I? Uh, did I pick a uh, a twenty minute workout? Well, it looks like Christian picked a thirty minute workout. Arr! You know, all, <laughs> like do it all. I think it, there's so much impetus to continue playing to do more to do different kinds of things when the game is constantly feeding you what other folks that you care about not just that there's a leaderboard where some random person is incredibly fast and that's i mean again i don't care about government pants one two three and what he's exactly <laughs> exactly i know government pants puts on his government pants one leg at a time just like the rest of us but <laughs> actually no they sit on the edge of the bed and it's both legs at the same time that's um, that's what makes the, them that's a pro tip. Uh, also at Forza Horizon, and, and they've done this for a while, but 5 continues to do well, is they highlight folks close to you. So it won't say, like, right. I discovered yeah. a new road. Will's discovered 200 more roads than me. And right. I'll be like, well, who cares? Three more, it's, five more. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It just keeps you in. It keeps you in that thing. It's and then, attainable. It's achievable. You're so close to beating them. Yeah. You're so yeah. close to it's, being better than Christian. It's, you taste <laughs> it. It's the version of, of my wife. And when we sit down to watch TV of, like, hey, do you want to watch uh, a movie? Uh, I'll just use uh, Red Red Alert, Red Notice again. Uh, I don't remember the name of it because it's generic. Christian but, <laughs> loves Red Notice. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it, but it is on my Netflix queue. But it's like, do you want to watch Red Notice? I don't know if we have time for that. Let's watch, you know, more Narcos Mexico. Okay. Five episodes later, you right. know, it gets you in, in Forza the same way. It's like, yes, I can play just in 15 minutes. But also, Jeff has three-starred that hazard sign. Yeah. All right. Well, two hours later, you know, I didn't want to play this meaty single i didn't want to dive right. back into returnal because i didn't have two hours um uh, so now i'm gonna play forza for two hours and yeah it's, it's the one more episodification of gaming totally which i yeah. which i have to say i really enjoy it's great yeah. it's so great uh what else is on your playlist so um i feel like uh sports ball games don't get a lot of love on this podcast that's accurate i, li I listen every week and i'm like man is FIFA 22 like the second best-selling game of the year below the latest Call of Duty? And um, to be fair, I'm Call of Duty doesn't get a lot of play on this this show either. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I shout out a couple of sports world games, which for the same reason my attention span is shot. I love I can jump in and play a quick game and get out again. FIFA 22. I'm a sucker. I will buy the new FIFA every year. It's an abomination. Whoa. It's so bad. Wow. It is like the game mechanic itself has not really changed in like five or six years. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. I love the familiarity. 
you jump in, you you install FIFA 22, it goes, oh, this was the control scheme that you used in FIFA 21, which is the control scheme you used in FIFA 20, which is the control scheme you used in FIFA 19. So it remembers all of that stuff. It remembers your favorite team. Like all these things are amazing. But I swear, I jumped into FIFA 22 and all I want to do, I do not want to play online. I do not want to play against other people. I don't want some like weird career mode. I just want to play with my favorite team in a tournament against the computer. It took me at least 20 minutes to find that option in the depths of the menus between the ultimate pass, the game team, the player career, all the microtransaction stuff, all the stuff that they want you to pay for. It is, it is a great game when you finally get to it, but man, it is sensory overload. I mean, even the tutorial starts with you freestyling through the streets of Paris (laughs) <laughs> with a series of tutorials and it's like i don't want to freestyle through the streets of paris <laughs> with like these these interminable cutscenes of some like lovely a, a, admittedly french girl teaching me how to dribble it's like guys i've been doing this for 20 years just get me into a game yeah. and ea has really taken like on the one hand they've taken the presentation to just the absolute max you know you 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 know if I'm playing it you know I'm at my parents' house maybe and my my mum will walk in and be like oh who's playing and you genuinely can't tell the difference in the presentation it's the same commentators as actually watching a, a a soccer game so on the one hand they've nailed it on the other hand it is just like a bling 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 bright lights bright lights buy this do that here's a team upgrade here's a downloadable thing here's a pass it's like Man, it is too much. Is it just feature creep at this point? It's just like, <sighs> it's just it's just a big bloated mess. It is a complete bloated mess. Um, it feels like the whole thing is designed to keep modes that existed for the previous few years alive whilst also keeping on giving you new new modes. It's, yeah. it's way too much. So I love it, but it is, it is a Frankenstein at this point. On the other hand... Um, my absolute go-to on PS5 recently has been um, PGA 2K21, oh. which is um, my absolutely perfect um, wind-down game. It is the game that I can play in the evening that doesn't spike my cortisol. I can play <laughs> 18 holes before I go to bed, and um, or even nine. Just play a front nine or a back nine, and it's kind of zen. You don't have to. You can pay a little bit of money if you want to, but you don't have to to get some nice cosmetic upgrades. I really enjoy a little bit of. Um, I think much like real golf, you can spend as much time fiddling with your clothes and equipment as you can actually playing <laughs> golf. I love it because it's passive enough that because my attention span is so terrible, I can listen to a podcast while I'm playing it. Like you can, you can listen to something or have something on TV beside you whilst you're actually playing. And I, uh, and, and I've enjoyed it so much. I've actually taken up golf in the last few months. Oh, wow. The video games brought you to the real thing. Yeah. And it turns out playing golf is really hard, man. man. Like I've got the theory of, I know how the wind affects things. I know how to lay up shots. I know exactly my way around a course just need to be able to hit a ball that would be <laughs> that would be really helpful so i know so wow. i just feel like i want to um shout out those two games because they have been um brilliant little kind of slice of life games for me and i don't know if you guys i mean is 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 madden still a thing is there any kind it of is, equivalent of you guys it's at not, all not a thing for me but it's still a thing um 
I think it's wild that you picked up PGA 2K21 without being a golf player. Like it, it seems like it's it's a game designed for people that already like the sport. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where um, I see enough people like in my Twitter feed playing it. I see. And you just think, ah, maybe that'll be... And like, I like watching golf on TV. It's kind of mellow to have in the background. Right. And, um, you know, again, it's it's something you can jump in and play without much time. And I, then, I've always been turned off to the to the video game because I'm just not a real-life golf player. I mean, I have played, but I, you know, my dad wants me to come out all the time. And I, I so it just seems so uninteresting to me. Uh, and, and so I'm like, well... This game isn't literally not designed for me, you know, like I'll play some Mario golf or, or golf story or something like give me a video game it up for me somehow. Uh, but when it's an authentic <laughs> recreation of the sport, I'm just so uninterested. But I think it's so fascinating that you went the other direction, like the, the game and its authenticity brought you into the real version. Yeah. And I think there's, you know. We're all men approaching a certain age. There is a point at which <laughs> golf becomes an inevitability. And I just my feel dad, like dude, my dad. My dad vocal. It was very vocal about his distaste for golf and uninterest, completely uninterested in it. And then all of a sudden, like he he turned sixty five, and it was like golf is my life now. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I'm just in training for my for my later middle age. And there's something comforting about that in a world in which everything is changing so fast. Yeah. Middle aged men playing golf is still a a constant. Um, but I would say if there is one game that just hits every single button for me over the last couple of weeks a game that I can jump in and out of really quickly that I only have to play for a few minutes at a time, a game that doesn't interrupt my podcast listening experience so I can carry on doing two or three things simultaneously, um, and a game that gives me just enough of a hit to, um, to, to really enjoy it and absolutely fits that category of I've only got five minutes to play and yet somehow I've just ended up spending the last hour and a half playing it, is Rocket League Swipe. Yeah, oh I'd my goodness! will not shut up about this game. Is yeah. my crack right now? You load, get the iPhone loaded up with a backbone controller. It is absolute just addiction central. I've been playing it nonstop today, in amongst everything else that I've been doing. It is so much fun. I mean, Rocket League is great on any console that you want to play it. But I almost feel like this 2D flat plane uh, version of it is is even better. It's more arcadey. It's mm. more accessible. The way that they've put in the ranking and the tiering system, which is very hearthstone it feels like is um, makes it easy for someone like me to to jump in and and actually be matched against people that I can play against. I do feel like having a real controller attached to your phone is a complete like hack. It is. Uh, <laughs> it makes life so much easier. But man, Christian, I would love to know how you're getting on with Sideswipe because I just cannot get enough of it. Yeah, so to back up a little bit, Rocket League Sideswipe is a new mobile game on Android and iOS. Um, uh, it's a mobile version of Rocket League. Um, I imagine released by Psyonix because I think Epic has had their developer account suspended <laughs> like this is an epic game but i think psionics is technically the app releaser for for rocket league sideswipe 
but it is phenomenal. It is a reimagining of the core principles of Rocket League made accessible on mobile. I imagine that phones today could probably run Rocket League proper well enough. I mean, it runs on Switch. It's 30 frames per second or whatever, but it runs and it, and it plays. But what Sideswipe is, it is, as Will mentioned, you play from a 2D perspective. Uh, it just came out. It had been alpha or beta testing and limited release in regions for a while, but now globally it's it's out as like a wide release. And so you're playing from a 2D perspective, three game modes, dual, which is one-on-one, 2v2 kind of standard Rocket League, and then hoops. But some of the smart changes they made to the Rocket League uh, console experience are in the standard Rocket League, the goals aren't just soccer goals uh, flat on the pitch. They're raised up like 20% on the back wall. And so it's game changing because if it was on on the flat pitch on a 2D plane, you can kind of just drive it straight in and there's not as much skill there. Whereas on proper Rocket League, you're navigating through 3D space, so getting it in. And I know proper Rocket League has had hockey and hoops and other modes too, but in standard Rocket League mode, the, the net is flat there on the pitch. Um, here you got to get it airborne a little bit and then, you know, pop it, pop it into the goal. And they also on this 2d plane made it so that cars don't hit each other. Whereas in proper rocket league, you know, a strategy would be, okay, well, Will's out in front of me with the ball. I'm not going to get to the ball, but I can take him out. So at least he can't continue to feather the ball along and score it. Now in rocket league sideswipe, the cars drive through each other on the 2d plane, but would bounce off the ball. Um, The ball is always an object that you're interacting with, but then it brings the floaty controlled chaos control uh, mechanics of Rocket League to mobile, where you're spending a lot of time in the air with boost and then your, your shot, your, your flip jump. Um, And then one other tweak it made to it, I, I believe in Rocket League proper, which is, I guess what I'll keep calling it. You're limited to do your shot, like your flip, jump i think you can be in the air for two seconds if i remember correctly um and still activate that currently on rocket league sideswipe you can activate your your flip shot at any point while you're in the air so you'll see people come up and you can kind of feather the ball along and as long as you can kind of keep it up on your nose across um across the the, the pitch play area yeah I, I wasn't sure if it'd still be a pitch now that we have the things raised but yeah i guess it still is right um you can do like fake shots and then you can shoot. So you're not limited by that timer of, Oh, I've been in the air for this long. I got to get my shot off, which is really interesting. Um, And so it's simplified in the sense that it's this 2d plane, but still very competitive. Like it's not, it's simple, but intricate. Yes. And, and, And then because of the rankings, at least so far, I feel like my games have been fun and compelling and, you know, Sometimes you get blown out of the water, but another thing that I want to highlight is that games are two minutes, a little longer because of stoppage on goals, but like literally you're in a game, in and out of a game in three minutes, you know, five minutes max, whereas regular Rocket League matches can be a little longer. And you can also forfeit out, which you're not really punished for. The other side still gets their XP. You still get your XP for playing. Um, and so if it's like 10-0 and there's a 90 seconds left, just being out of the match queue up for the next one the person you're playing doesn't ease out because <laughs> they're okay with it and as much as you know halo infinite's multiplayer has been kind of dragged through the coals for its poor progression system in this 
you know, world we live in now of these, the Fortniteification of games, Rocket League being an Epic Games. And I know it had its big Epic Gamesification in Rocket League proper, maybe two years ago, three years ago. Um, this Rocket League Sideswipe currently has an incredible progression system where it's always like one game away from something else. Like, oh, that was fun. Oh, I'm at level 17. If I play one more and get two saves, I'll be at 18 and I'll get that next gold box. And in that gold box is just a cosmetic little trail. Um, then it doesn't really matter, but it's still cool and exciting to get that. Cause you still want to like level up and do that thing. So the progression is super in, in a good way, addictive because it doesn't destroy the gameplay loop, but it keeps you wanting to play more. And then the competition side of it is also nailed. Uh, it's currently the the rocket the rocket pass the battle pass is free for this first season. Uh, I know it's going to monetize. It has to, right? It's a free to play game. I know folks were upset with how Rocket League proper kind of monetized and will, as you mentioned, for FIFA, Rocket League proper kind of got hit with the over minification of things or it's like you want to play a game do you but do you want to buy this first you want to buy that what about this oh you're falling behind on your pass why don't you buy a... so i'm sure this game will have its growing pains but right now jeff this is top front runner for my favorite game of the year it is really? holy smokes i feel like you've said that 14 times this year though i, I have and the new games keep coming out but it is so good it is <laughs> sorry so... Wow. New, new games keep coming out would you say that there were um in some way <laughs> bro right there giving jeff the time to get the bumper up too um but it is it is phenomenal uh i was playing with our friend jordan we we squatted up jeff we we ended up in a, a random match but again i think it's really them because it's your epic games account like some well-known phase clan players mm. we beat them uh, I mean, <laughs> Rocket League Sideswipe is not their the game you would know them from, but it was still Jordan was like, "Holy, I know these guys," and I was like, "I definitely know these guys." Um, but it's so it's so fun. It's such a pure distillation of what Rocket League is. And while I agree, it plays great on a backbone. Um, it plays great with touch. Like you can go in into settings. I'd recommend if you're playing on touch, you can turn on a hidden third button. That is boost and jump combined. That's initially not Wait, turned on. There's a on. hidden third button on my phone. On, on Rocket League Sideswipe, there is. Yeah, you well, just that, blow that my hard. mind. You just <laughs> blow uh-huh. my mind, Christian. Boost and so, when you're jump. playing via touch, it's a game changer. And you can also reposition your buttons. So, like I, you know, I'll use the back of my phone. Default, they're down here on the bottom. Like both are next to each other. You can split them, so you can play kind of two fingered split instead mm. of trying to compete with your thumbs on a digital button. Um, so, like. I know that my index finger is boost uh, and my middle finger is, is jump, which is easier, I think, than finding that virtual spot. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, there are days where it's like, yeah, I don't really have anything to do right now. I guess I'll just go pick up my, go to my kid's school early and play <laughs> Rocket League Sideswipe. Who's that creepo in the school parking lot on, his, to phone? Be on his phone the whole time? <laughs> it's, it's so good. And where are plays- you ranked to, Christian? Uh, I think I, there's a guy in the parking lot screaming about the hidden third button. (laughs) (laughs) And which thing is he's going to use at which point? (laughs) (laughs) The music's also great, by the way. Um, let's see. I am, how do I check this on the fly? 
I'm currently silver four. Oh man, I'm only silver two. I cannot get out of silver. It is. I think I'm silver four across ranks. Uh, silver two isn't better than silver four. No, no you got to go, go from silver one, two, three, four, and then oh. up to like gold one, two, three, four. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's it's phenomenal. I mean, props to the team at Psionics and um, Epic for releasing this game and getting it out in the state it's in. It is, you know, Jeff as as someone you know we've tinkered with mobile games and talk about some of the predatory practices of them and yeah. the rough like games will come out and they'll be like here's the game and it gets you know it's like in a really rough state and it's like well we'll patch it later who cares get it out like this is polished it's incredible well, you, you know exactly what you're talking about um i have apple arcade subscription as part of the bundle of my apple music and all the other things uh subscription and so I, i've been trying to push my son you know, he rarely plays games on the mobile, but when he does, I'm trying to push him into the Apple Arcade stuff because I feel like it's a little bit of a safer ecosystem as far as pushing into microtransactions. And we downloaded um, Sonic Racing uh, the other day, and which is, I think, really fun racing game. Perfect for him. He loves it. It's, it's an auto. Yeah, it's got auto uh, acceleration, right? So you don't have to worry about the acceleration. You're just steering with your finger. Great for kids. Um, but it's still structurally designed like a game that pushes you to buy things. It's super weird. There's no microtransactions because it's an Apple Arcade, but like the entire onboarding process is like, hey, you're going to earn this and then then you're going to go buy these things and you buy that and it'll explode and then there'll be something cool inside and you earn enough things and then you buy, buy, buy. And it's like, man, it's still just training those muscles in my kid, even though there's no real money happening. it's, it's, It's still built fundamentally like that and it's so disturbing it's engagement right i think all i mean yeah i mean we were will mention we were just talking about how great it is in in all these other games earlier you know in forza (laughs) and uh and right yeah 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 i mean will mentioned fifa i mean unfortunately that's the engagement and and netflix does it the same way i mean not the bye 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 but it's people call it the netflix ending but they just took it from pulp comic books years before of like weeklies where you know tv shows didn't used to end on and then he went to punch Jeff credits. You yeah, know, it, yeah. it ended. And then you came back next week. Um, uh, I'll recommend, uh, just because we're on it right now, Lego Star Wars Castaways is another Apple Arcade game that just came out. It's great. Uh, yeah. I didn't put as much time into it because Rocket League Sideswipe took all my time. Uh, <laughs> but it's great. And I think it's a, it definitely does those things. But I think it's a really nice... I enjoyed it as an adult, um, but like kind of like kids open world game where the premise is you crash land on this mystical little Island, but you get to kind of then relive fun star Wars moments through like the hollow simulator as you're trying to clean it and clear it out. And it has some online stuff and community stuff, but you're upgrading your little mini fig. You get a little ship, you get to fly some cool space missions. It's far more competent than it needs to be. And it's really cool in terms of, building the muscle memory of like an MMO. It's not an MMO, but like, go, go talk to Will. Will's going to give you an assignment. Go do those five things. Now bring it back to Jeff. Now Jeff's going to collect those things. Now go here. And so it's this really well, this is Lego Star Wars castaways on Apple Arcade. It's this really fun time waste where you're constant. you know, you got to just cash this in for me already. I did the thing Will asked me to do. No. You got to take it across town. Okay, fine. I'll walk across, you know, but like that back and forth of an MMO kind of. um, Yeah. Really nice little game. 
Cool, that's Star Wars Castaways, and it's on Apple Arcade. Um, before we get to my playlist, I need to tell you about our next sponsor, Theragun. Theragun is maybe one of my top three things I own. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. Uh, my wife and I are so hooked on the, the Theragun. It, it, it's such a short amount of time will make you feel so much better. Okay, you are asking, what is Theragun? Well, Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Now, what does all that mean? Well, it means this is like, if you're like me and and you have a lot of stress and, and you sit at a computer all day long, you your, your neck and shoulders or my neck and shoulders start hurting. Start getting sore, start getting cramped and uh, uncomfortable. Well, just a couple of minutes, maybe not even a minute, 30 seconds of my wife just kind of using the Theragun. In fact, the design is so cool, I can do it for myself, but it's nice when my wife does it for me. Applying that, oh, the Gen 4 Theragun, just just 30 seconds changes how my shoulders, my neck, my back feel. It gets to the source of pain. By releasing tension and using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. You have to feel this. There's nothing like it. It is intense and it is transformative. Whenever you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. I'm telling you, there's nothing like this thing. And Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds and thousands of customers. And me, I'm telling you, my wife and I, we love our Theragun. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at $199. Go to therabody.com slash DLC right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody, T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash DLC, therabody.com slash DLC. My playlist has a number of things that I, I, I tried for a little bit of time. Notably, uh, I think the biggest release of the week, for me at least, is something I've I've been looking forward to quite a bit, is a game called Solar Ash. Uh, This comes from um, developer Heart Machine, who did uh, Hyper Light Drifter, uh, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, Some of the team has moved on from there, but essentially the same same group building uh, Solar Ash. Uh, And a a game I've been looking forward to quite a a lot. I don't love it. <laughs> I want to love it, but I don't love it. What was that PlayStation game that I think Christian, both of us played? I certainly played early in the year. Pathless, I think it's the, the Pathless. Oh, yeah. It's also an Apple Arcade game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very similar to the Pathless Solar Ash. Um, very, very similar. And I think I prefer pa- the Pathless, honestly, which is something I'm shocked to say. But uh, Solar Ash is a sort of futuristic, stylized, um, kinetic platformer where you are moving fast. You hold the right trigger down 
and uh, you are sort of skating along, you know, Jet Set Radio style uh, through the world, moving very quickly. Uh, and that is very fun. That is that is quite enjoyable to to just mo- have this sense of speed. Uh, and you can stop that at any time. It's not something that you have to do. It's not the only way to get around. Um, in fact, you're also climbing and and jumping and stuff. Um, but whenever you hold the trigger down, you move fast, and and it, it feels good. You 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 can catapult yourself on things. You can grind rails. You can you know, it's almost uh, Sonic the Hedgehog esque in how. A flippy dippy you get you know you can go upside down and loop-de-loop and all this crazy you know you're going fast through the world all of the locomotion of the game is very pleasurable and i and i think the best part of solar ash but it also wants to be this very tight very challenging platformer mm. and that to me is where it, it it breaks down and isn't quite as fun also the world is very sparse and you're collecting these this plasma these these kind of red orbs that are the currency in the game that lets you repair your energy and your shields um but there's not really much else to do in the world and you I, I found myself just constantly just tell me where to go next i feel like the game wanted me to want to explore but there's not really anything to explore you're just just <laughs> get me to the next place and get me to the Isn't next a- big Go ahead. Yeah, there's an amazing headline, Jeff, on 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 Polygon, which is Solar Ash and the Pathless are defining a new kind of open world game, and it feels like the new kind of open world game is slightly aimless. It's like yeah, it's an open world game with nothing much to do. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, honestly, there isn't really much much to do until you get to these big boss fights and the big boss fights are these protracted marathons of platforming and agility and everything's a time trial in this game everything is okay you activate a thing and you know you got got to get to the next one before time runs out and it'll kill you you love those i sure don't um (laughs) and you know, it's it's beat your head against the wall, do it over and over and over again. And if you, you know, if you get all the way to the end and you miss the last one, you don't get to the last one in time. It's this, it's sort of this chain of, oh, you got mm-hmm. that one. Now the time is ticking down. You got that one. Now the time is ticking down. You got that one. It's not the time. And if you get all the way to the last one, you miss it. You have to start at the very beginning of that chain. And thankfully the game has checkpoints right before you start any of these things. And if you're in a boss fight, for example, you know, you'll you can, it's a multi-phase boss battle it'll usually have a checkpoint in the middle of the phase which or you know at the beginning of the next phase which is welcome and, and appreciated so you're not starting over from the beginning of the boss fight but it's still one of those beat your head against the wall games that i know a lot of people like i i know a lot of people are like yeah make me hone my skills and get better uh which the game really wants you to do but I didn't find it. I didn't find the mechanical joys of getting better to be worth it. I didn't. I didn't love the play of it. And certainly, the universe is kind of bland and generic, and the sort of sci-fi mumbo jumbo that all the characters say at you is, you know, banal and and not particularly inspired. I I was pretty disappointed with Solar Ash. Frankly, uh, I think it has a lot of potential. As you know, I, I like. This subgenre you're talking about, Will, with the pathless, or the polygon is talking about with the pathless, and this in the sense of this sort of free movement, but speed as an element of it, and 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 connecting things together in order to maintain your speed. It's sort of like a 
a snowboarding game meets a platformer. Uh, but it just doesn't really come together to be something that I really enjoyed. And it, it bums me out. The other biggest disappointment about this game, it does not support ultra wide. Oh. I mean, a cardinal sin at this point. Especially for a game that, was, that provides that kinetic flow state. You know, you're trying to like get well, into this. something that's designed to be so graphically beautiful, right? Yes. Where like the design is half the point. Yes. Yes. I was close to buying this game because I'm former uh, inline skater over here. And so I love, you know, Jet yeah. Set, any game that has that. I was like, the locomotion intrigued me. And then, yeah, review started hitting and it felt a little hollow. I was also, I had a plan of rolling credits on uh, Deathloop this week. And then Rocket League Sideswipe came out. I just got the notification on my phone as you were talking, Jeff, about my screen time usage this week. Way and up. it just said, hey, bro, are you okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I um, I think you might actually like uh, Solar Ash more than me. I'm not saying you'll love it, but I think you, will, you might like it more than me because you tend to like those beat your head against the wall games more than I do. Right. It, it, I like them when I can do them. Does that like we talked yeah. last week about my most played games like Sekiro was my most played Xbox game, whenever that was the year it came out. I, I'm up for a challenge, but there's that fine line of frustration and completion. Yeah. And like where I fall off is uh, on Mario games. Uh, and like after you've done like the 60 stars, that's like the main game. And then it's like now do these tough blue coins. No, that's, that's not for me. <laughs> Uh, another game I jumped into for only a short amount of time is a new free-to-play game called Century Age of Ashes. Have you guys heard about this game? It's um, I heard about it from from Jaffe because he's like constantly he won't shut up about how great it is. Uh, he loves this game. Uh, the concept is it's a dog fighting like aerial dog fighting game, but you're riding a dragon. So I was like, okay, well I'm listening. Sure, uh, yes, so. A uh, free-to-play, multiplayer arena dogfighting game. You're riding on the back of a dragon. Dragons have different abilities, but fundamentally it's like breath of fire, fireball, speed up, slow down. You know, you can, there's things that appear, power-ups that appear in the, in, uh, in the arena itself that you can fly through and collect that give you more shields or allow your stamina to increase so you can do more stuff in a shorter period of time. I think very cleverly designed this game, very cleverly designed and fundamentally de delivers that fantasy of riding on the back of dragons and fighting on the back of dragons uh, pretty well. It's another game that does not support ultra wide and I don't understand. I mean, maybe some developer can come on and tell me that it's much more difficult to do it than I think it is, but it's just an Unreal Engine game. It feels like just flip a switch in Unreal Engine, right? That's how game design works. Just flip the ultra wide switch. Just make it work. Um, anyway. It's a toggle on settings. It's like invert Y axis, uh, turn on ultra wide support. Or there's also a button yeah. that says like make Jeff sad. And make I think Jeff devs sad. are just like. They like to do that to Every me. day a developer gets out of bed and actively chooses the make Jeff sad button. <laughs> it's really, really depressing developers. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, but again, a, a game where you're <laughs> flying on the back of a dragon. I want it on the uh, in the ultra wide. Give me the ultra wide. It doesn't even support ultra wide, let alone super ultra wide. Anyway, I'll shut up about that. I know I annoy everybody when I talk about that stuff, but it means a lot to me. Um, I'm just angry it doesn't have a dedicated four by three mode to play on my CRT. I'm over here on my Trinitron, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I need a. Christian wants to play it on his watch. 
Thank Man, you. those those four by three Trinitrons are probably more expensive these days than a super ultra wide. Jeez, you've seen the cost of those yeah. things on eBay. It's, yeah, people people believe in the CRT gaming. Wait, that's a whole that's a whole rabbit hole. I went down for a while with uh, Carboni, and I went down the CRT gaming rabbit hole. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I think this game is pretty cool. But it, it you know it it uh, it has that thing of, of dog fighting which it can get frustrating for me personally, which is I died and I didn't even see the bad guy that was shooting at me. You know, like I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm flying. He zooms past and then I'm getting, you know, getting shot. Uh, I think high skill ceiling for this game, which is kind of neat. And I think it has a, a lot of potential. It's a free to play game. Lots of free to play trappings of, you know, boost your XP, buy you the thing, do the next bit. Um, so, but, but uh, so I would recommend people check it out if the concept sounds intriguing. Cause I think, the concept is handled really well. Century Age of Ashes is what it's called. It's on Steam. Uh, and then the last game I want to talk about, as I've kind of had not the most positive things to say about the first two, but this last this last thing, I don't even know if I can call it a game. It is on Game Pass. So therefore, a priori, ipso facto, QED, it is a game. Or it's a pass. Or it could be a pass. Maybe it's a pass. I don't think it's a pass. It's called Townscaper. Have you guys seen this thing? Is that any <clears> relation <throat> to Manscaper? Yes, I believe it is the it is it is the manscaping for towns. Uh, an entire town of men. No, it is uh Will th- when you were talking about um I think it was the PGA game being your sort of zen out like just relax and do a thing game. May I introduce you to Townscaper? <laughs> it is on Please Game Pass. Tell me more. There is no goal. <laughs> there is no penalty. There is no game. But it is sublime. Uh, it, it is a beautifully, uh, beautifully realized little micro town that you are sort of hovering over. It's in you know uh, three quarter uh, angle. You know this isometric look, but it's it's beautifully sort of pastel. Um, almost yeah, cell really shaded pretty. looking. Yeah, very pretty. Looks like Santorini almost. Exactly. Uh, you, you're in the middle of this water, and then you just it has the only UI it has is a strip of colors, a palette of colors on the left hand side of the screen that you can choose from, and you can choose them at any time. And then you just sort of anywhere you click, the algorithm understands how to add to your town in that color. So if you click on a, you know, an empty part of water, it'll kind of make a, just a platform like sitting in the water, like a, a little Island. And if you click on, on the top of that, it builds a little house there. And if you click on the side of that house, it makes the house longer and wider. And if you t- click on the roof of the house, it makes the house a second story house. And it has these delightful sounds like popping sounds like boop, when you're building your house and you just, and you just can build your house as tall as you want. And it, it will automatically add little stilts if it needs to, or uh, little arches. If you build uh, over in certain ways and as you expand out and up and over things and change up the colors, you're just creating a little, little world, a little town for no reason. I mean, there's no, there's no goal. Uh, there are achievements that are easy to attain, but it is, I found a, uh, it to be a lovely little diversion that again, if you have game pass, it's free and it is. I I was surprised at how much care I started to take 
in the design of my little town. Like what color I chose to make the thing, how it looked in comparison. You can rotate the camera around and you're making the thing look at the thing. And then there's like stuff that you can uncover. Like you can figure out how to make a garden. It's like, I don't know. I didn't know how to make it. There's no selecting a thing. It's just a color and a place that you're placing it. So you're, it, the algorithm is just dynamically formulating the town based on where you're adding stuff. Again, it doesn't also, sound like much, and it isn't much, but it's enough that I, I was like, I, I, I'm spending more time on this than I thought I was going to. The devs describe it as a uh, procedural town building toy. It's on PC, Mac, Switch, and mobile. I think it could just be a came great... out on mobile. I've literally just paid four bucks to get it on my phone. All right, yeah, great well, mobile game. You and... can have it for free on Game Pass. But not on my phone. It's yeah, that's true. I wonder if it supports touch. I wonder if it's in the cloud. I need to look to see if it's cloud I can't cloud imagine it doesn't support touch. I mean, there's literally, you tap the color and then you tap the place that you want the thing. That's all it takes to make the thing, you know, to make the game. And the, they said that there's a free uh, web demo that you can play in browser. Wow, that's cool. And then looking more on their or their page, this is great. Uh, they retweeted someone. It says, there's a Steam review for this game that tells you everything you need to know. Quote, bloop, bloop game, make depression go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's bright it's cheery it doesn't ask much of you and it just offers you something pretty and beautiful and and nice it's like oh yeah you you want nice sounds and you want to create something you're like look look at the beautiful thing you made that's that's the name of that's what the game does townscaper is what it is called i recommend it uh, over solar ash and century age of ashes shockingly that is what I've been playing this week. All right. Got another quick sponsor for you. A new sponsor, Shopify. Shopify is more than a store. You can connect with your customers, drive sales, and manage your day to day. This is what we use uh, at uh, Dungeon Run for all of our merch on Dungeon Run. Maybe we should do some merch for DLC. Do you want some merch for DLC? Shopify is the way to do it. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstarts startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed we love it for for uh dungeon run you got to check out all the cool cool merch i've got for dungeon run we got we got mugs and puzzles and clocks it's crazy crazy and scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility you can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Have you, have you, have you tried the Pinterest? The Pinterest? You can also synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash DLC, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial. Oh, I wish we'd had that for Dungeon Run. And get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash DLC right now. That's Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y, dot com slash dlc 
Well, let's wrap the show up now. It's been delightful having you on the show, Will. I miss you, my friend. It's uh, really wonderful to talk to you. I'm glad to have you. Tell the folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you do online. Well, thanks very much, guys. Absolute pleasure. Just such a delight to be talking gaming with you. Everyone can follow me on Twitter, at Will Harris. That's Will with one L and two R's. Um, not quite two N's and one T, um, <laughs> but it's one L and two R's, Will Harris. Um, and if they want to listen to something, I'm not on it, but I'm helping produce it. They can listen to the the New Scientist podcast, which is at um, newscientist.com forward slash podcasts. You won't hear me opine on it, but you will benefit from some of the work that I did on the back end uh, to make it happen. So um, go and have a listen to that and, and let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, let me know at Will Harris on Twitter. Wonderful. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, I have a newsletter that people are like, you don't really have that. You say it, but you don't have it. No. And I released, I I sent a new one just this past week, um, kind of diving into my thoughts about best game of the year versus favorite game of the year. Something that we talk about on this show. We even have a killer bumper for. Um, You can subscribe to that newsletter for free at tinyletter.com slash christian spicer and it's where i do long form writing about games and games related stuff i usually send out one to two a month um i had fallen off for a couple of months because other writing projects took uh took up that time and so did rocket league sideswipe no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um but that's what the latest one was about um twitter's the best way to see kind of daily comings and goings. That's at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. And then I stream this show, DLC, weekly on my Twitch, typically at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And if we change recording times, like we did this uh, wonderful morning or other times, you can usually find that on my Twitter or as you mentioned at the top of the show, Jeff, in our wonderful Discord um, to see when people, uh, to see, you know, if we, we move recording times from time to time. Uh, and I think, I think that's it. I think that's what's going on. You know what I want to do? I've been wanting to do this for many years now. We've been doing the show eight years. I've been wanting to do this for several of the years. I never, I never got around to it. Maybe this will be the year that I figure out a way to do it. I have been wanting to add in, in our end of the year, best slash favorite games of the year. I've been wanting to add in the audience's favorite games of the year and i want to figure out a way to do that where I mean, maybe we'll make a we'll use squarespace or something we'll make a website i'd love to figure out a way to have folks like add games or vote for games or figure out a way oh. that we can do a tally of what the audience considers to be their top five you i know? think you're talking about on well the wonderful folks at discord Ooh, they do it already a channel for dlc discord personal favorite game of the year well i don't based on an incomplete sampling I, Based on an incomplete sampling, I do not want to have to go in and count up the votes. I want to figure out a way we can make a front end for that. So, yeah, I'll put this out to our listeners. Jeff and I will tinker with it, too. But our our wonderful listeners, uh, you can build that stuff into Discord, have polls. We could do it on Reddit. We could also, uh, Squarespace is great. Whatever, because I know Discord, it feels like everybody's there, but they're not. Uh, Trust me, they're not. And same with the subreddit. Um, Whatever is most accessible to folks, um, we can look to do. Maybe it's a website with Twitter integration or something like that. But I, I think that'd be super fun. Yeah. Um, to include more people's incomplete samplings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a slightly less incomplete sampling, you know. Uh, 
All right. Uh, for me, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I have several other shows, if you're so inclined, to check out. The film cast, which you can find at uh, www. I said www like it's 2002. What am I doing? <laughs> Thefilmcast.com. Uh, or is it thefilmcastpod.com? No, I think it's, I think the it's HTTP. Yeah. What is wrong slash, with me? Slash, slash. I don't know anything. Anyway, I talk about movies and video games. Check it out. Find it wherever you get podcasts. The Filmcast. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fun show. Also, I do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. I do a sports show uh, for the fan-controlled football league. Uh, you can find that on Twitch at twitch.tv slash FCF. We're live every Thursday at uh, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Now we're doing a 90-minute show instead of half, uh, instead of an hour. And uh, I do the Dungeon Run, which is a live play Dungeons & Dragons show where I'm the DM. Super fun. Check that out at uh, on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube or you can find it as a podcast or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run, Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific time. All right, let's wrap the show. Oh, wait, you know what? I have another surprise. Three weeks in a row, I have a surprise. This is another audience surprise, guys. So two weeks ago, we had the lovely Jeff Was Right song, which you heard this episode because I continue to be right. But not yet. Preemptive rightness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to celebrate now before I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Okay, that makes sense. You got to celebrate yeah, like when that. you're right before you're wrong. Um, Last week, we had the 3080 is T for Trash song, which was awesome. We have yet another listener-contributed musical extravaganza. It's the season. People are, it's, I feel like it's the season for musicians, for people to celebrate, and folks are being extremely kind and generous to us. This one comes from Nathan R., uh, you can find at sweetdiss.bandcamp.com, sweet, D-I-S-S, sweetdiss.bandcamp.com. Uh, this is, well, I won't even, I'll just play it. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. This is very much for Christian. right it's an homage to DLC great, uh, with your pop punk vibes yeah like early aughts like uh not mxpx that genre but like that lighter pop punk like veering into the pop that's fantastic yeah yeah uh i'm not sure about the it sucks here uh, i mean starting off with it sucks here i, I would really love a, a version of that where instead of the sort of uh the tambourine you just put the the jingle bell shaker over the top and have it for christmas <laughs> that's pretty great oh, dude well, I have thoughts uh, now that we're already on this tangent. I've 
been analyzing great Christmas songs. Uh, <laughs> and there's two things that make a great Christmas song. One, and this is just, I'll describe First it, but is also to Mariah show. Carey. Second. Well, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Is Mariah Carey. Uh, if at some point, either in like at the bridge or the chorus, or at some point during a great Christmas song, if you can go do this move, I'll describe it after I show it, and you can do it unironically, it is going to be a great Christmas song. If at some point you can do this. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And oh, it's like smiling. You as listening to it can do that. Yes. I yes, see. you listening. And it's the smile and you have both hands out in front of you and you're shimmying them back and forth in front of your body. And this beautiful little, it, it, any moment you can do that in the song, it's going to be a great Christmas song. The second, not necessarily required, but, <laughs> and I don't mean like the classics, like Jingle Bells, but like the great pop Christmas songs, Mariah Carey, Kelly Clarkson, Wham, um, Wham, Paul McCartney. They're about Christmas, but they're really about being horny. Like every <laughs> single one. Right. It's like, baby, it's Christmas. Jingle bells and cider and presents. I want you. Like every single In which case, Christian, can I implore you? I will put in a plug for a piece of work I did about 10 years ago. Um, in my former life, I produced a Christmas single with right said fred what you know, okay. right said fred amazing if you, if you google you're the best thing about christmas right said fred uh uh-huh. the song is called you're the best thing about christmas it is exactly that you can wave your hands and it is pretty much about being horny because you wow. are the That's... best thing about christmas so go That's and give that a listen them. bump bump up the youtube views by by a few wow numbers. amazing I have it right a here real experience we got it into the top 100 somewhere in the That's british incredible. Uh, in the british charts it's a it's a it's a, we we produced a um there was a famous cartoonist at the time called mr weeble um from weebles world and we produced a whole like youtube version of it it was uh it was quite an extravaganza well wrapped in red mistletoe underneath the christmas tree yeah they're it's all, all there ab- it's all in there we did it they're all about getting it <laughs> love it i don't know how we're gonna be able to top that with our parting gifts but we're gonna try Will Harris, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. It is a bittersweet suggestion. Mm. It is um, the final book of the Expanse series by James S.A. Corey, the um, the nom de plume of um, a couple of great sci-fi authors. Leviathan Falls mm. came out, uh, I think, last week. It's the final book in the Expanse series. I'm sure many of you have watched it on uh, on Amazon now. Some of you will have read the books. I absolutely adore listening to the series on Audible. The guy that narrates it has narrated all the books. Um, he's got the most incredible, um, incredible voice. It is, I'm just a couple of hours in right now. I'm not sure how many pages that relates to, but, um, you know, it is the conclusion of an epic that, that looks like it's going to conclude satisfactorily, unlike um, some other geeky epics that we have been obsessed by in uh, books and TV over the last few years. So um, if you haven't dived in already, dove in, dived in, dived in, dived, if you haven't <laughs> divin, um into the Expanse series, um, kick off with, um, with, with the first book, I believe it's Leviathan Awakes. Yeah. But Leviathan Falls, the last book is out this week. And I kind of don't want to finish it. 
yeah. because then it'll be actually over. But um, but yeah, definitely if you if you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of good storytelling, check out the Expanse series and Leviathan Falls. The last book is out now. Nice, Christian Spicer. How about you? What's your parting gift? As it has finally become cooler here consistently in Los Angeles over the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm not rocking anybody's world with this, but as I am now re-experiencing it this season, um, pho. Go get some pho. It's fantastic. It's always delicious. I think it's best on a cold day and you're there over your broth and it's warm. And I maybe had it for dinner last night and I loved every single second of it. Go get some pho and maybe go to a place that has a good pun in their name. Like the, pho. The, the kind of food that has consistently the best restaurant names, I think. Often while pronouncing it pho. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. One yes. way or the other. It'll happen. It's it's delicious. I love it. it it's, it's one of my favorite things. And I feel like I hear ramen, which I also love. Uh, ramen get more love than pho. But go get some pho. I have a suggestion of a show that just premiered on HBO Max. It is a Christmas-themed show uh, made by a bunch of uh, Jewish creators, which is really fun. Uh, It is very adult. Very adult. Don't accidentally put this on when the kids are around. Very (laughs) adult, but it it comes from uh, Seth Rogen and Sarah Silverman. It is called Santa Inc., uh, and I laughed my uh, jingle bells off. I uh, I thought it was <laughs> it's very funny. The concept is uh, Santa Claus. It's like stop motion animated, which is uh, really pretty amazing. Uh, but it, Seth Rogen plays Santa Claus, uh, and uh, Sarah Silverman plays an elf who wants to to succeed him as the first female Santa Claus. And so it's all about. You know, the world that we live in now, the uh, the, the, the world where uh, that's just this is not fair. There's just a lot of things not fair. And it put her pushing up against all those boundaries and, and uh, norms. A very, very funny, very, very smart, very insightful into our world and very foul mouthed, uh, very foul mouthed. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so beware of that. You hear Santa say things I've never seen Santa say or do. Uh, but it is very funny. Santa Inc. on HBO Max. We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us uh, at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Charles Simmons. Charles writes, uh, readersgrotto.com is a great place to read about high fantasy, get reviews, take quizzes, and just get into reading. There's even a section on listening to books. Check out readersgrotto.com. You just might like it. Thank you, Charles. Uh, that is, this is awesome. This is not the first time I've heard of this, but I've yet to check it out. A Reader's Grotto, R-E-A-D-E-R-S-G-R-O-T-T-O.com, Reader's Grotto. Um, it is a, I believe it's sort of a Goodreads, but specifically for fantasy and sci-fi, right? Um, really cool. Reader's Grotto really sounds like the sort of place you would like submit your favorite grottos and people could rate, people could <laughs> <Yeah>. rate them. <laughs> Rate my rate my grotto. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a great place to listen to Christian's uh, Christmas music, <laughs> where you um, certain things happen I'm in the grotto. You, you'll listen to go listen to your favorite Christmas songs again, Jeff. You will see. You uh, will see. That's gonna do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Will Harris and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan, Zero Star. 
and Nathan R for all the wonderful music that you heard uh, this episode. Uh, thanks to our um, live audience that are hanging out in chat. We appreciate you. Thanks for being here live with us. And thanks to each and every one of you for putting us in your ear holes. We're grateful. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.